So, Lowry, can you say you're happy? Fluffins was not a red herring. I'm not sure if I am happy yet, Paul. I have to wait until the end. You're afraid I'm still going to pull a gotcha out at the end. It's the nature of mystery games. There's one answer, one solution. If we don't guess it, then we all die. That's not true. I think of a couple of different ways it could go, and a fun way to lose the game, and then we see what you guys come up with, which is usually something different than what I planned. I'll be honest, Paul. I'm trying to think about how I'd pull a fast one on you, but we're trapped on an island with the resources of the 1500s. And the literature of the modern day. I really hope I get to finish my Harry Potter books before the crocodile god takes us. Elvis, are we assuming that you really have that? Yeah, I got the entire series back at my bunk. See, I read through some of the books, but then I started doing the movies instead, and well, here we are with a bunch of spoiled rum and unread Harry Potter books. See, I want to think of some way I can abuse this, but I can't. How to escape a crocodile god's curse for dummies? That might be cheating. Well, Mason, what are you actually planning? All right, so the captain has been killed, we're all out of jail, Alfonso's locked up, and the only way that we stop the murders is by appeasing this god. I think the Greeks would have burned entrails to make the gods happy. Mason, they did that because the entrails weren't really good for eating, so it was a good part of the animal to sacrifice. Well, they just like the smell, they don't have to eat it. Either way, First Mate Massey gathers up the remaining pirates like you asked, Mason. Right, okay. Stand up on a high place. Hello, gentlemen. I'm Mason. Someone shouts, We all know who you are, Mason. I'm aware of that. I just thought you'd like a speech preamble. That's not a speech preamble. A speech preamble should include a thesis of your speech. Who is that? Who's criticizing me? That'd be Sherman, the guy with all the guns. Shut up, Sherman. My preamble is that I'm Mason and I'm awesome. I got a kick-ass plan to stop all the murders. So you know what's killing us. Yeah, and I was gonna get to that, but you messed up my four score in seven years ago. That means 47 years ago, Mason. You know, the 1400s? I'm not entirely clear on what year it is exactly, but that was before you were born. We are being stalked by a power that many would consider unnatural. However, we need not fear anything but fear itself. Ask not what we can do for you, but what you can do for us as a collective group. You guys are lazy. Get to the point. Alright, we're being attacked by an evil crocodile god. Oh, like heck we are. That's what the captain said, and now he's dead. You want to be next, Sherman? Sherman pulls out two guns. I'd like to see a crocodile try and take me. Ah, heck. I didn't plan for them not to believe me. Elvis, Lauer, you guys have any ideas? You're a wizard, Harry! Thanks, Elvis. Massey steps up. Oh, I recognize that quote. The first book of Harry Potter, wasn't it? At any rate, Captain Bell said to place his trust in Mason, Elvis, and Lowry in the event of his death. We spent days looking for the culprit for these murders and turned up nothing, so I'm willing to believe it's supernatural. Thank you, Massey. See, Sherman, you interrupt and we don't even get to the important stuff. I was gonna say that, but then I got all flustered and you messed me up. Ugh. Okay, so the only way to appease the crocodile god, we think, is to sacrifice stuff to it. So we've got to give it all the jewels, all the rum, and then burn some animal entrails. A collective groan goes out from the pirates. Stop complaining! Do you want to be rich or dead? Rich, Mason, you got those options all mixed up. Yeah, between those two, we'd definitely rather be rich. <sighs> okay, sorry, I meant do you want to die rich? Or live to be rich tomorrow? How do we know this isn't as rich as we're ever gonna get? Everyone! You could become more rich in personal experience. Like, for example, I've never tried escargot, but one day I'm gonna work up the courage. I'm gonna go to France, and I'm gonna eat a snail. Right, see? Elvis has the idea. Sherman, I bet there's something you'd really like to do. Well, one day I do really want to build a harness so that I can hold a gun in each hand, but then also fire a third one with my teeth. All right. Definitely pursuing kind of a monotrack lifestyle, but, you know... Building that is going to take some ingenuity, 
and you'll probably learn a lot of things along that path. For example, you'll learn not to hold a loaded gun with your mouth. Sherman nods enthusiastically. And then there's Bradford, who's probably standing right behind me. Bradford comes out from behind you. Yep, there he is. I bet there's something you want to do, Bradford. I'd really love to work in Broadway. You know, backstage. Wearing all black, trying not to be seen. Okay, see? And Missy, I bet there's lots of stuff that you want to do. I'll slaughter a chicken, I don't care. You guys don't cut me in on a share of the treasure anyway. Alright, so there you go. Some of you have other goals in life and some of you don't care. Everyone, we've all got long lives ahead of us, but only if we pull together and make an offering to a crocodile god. It'll just be a Sunday's type of thing. I don't expect you to go door to door and convert your neighbors. Just a one-time donation to the Church of Angry Crocodile. Sherman raises his hand. Yes, Sherman. Why can't it be like a regular thing? If the crocodile god is real, then we found a real god with real powers that is actively trying to kill us all. Don't you think we ought to worship that? Oh, he actually does have a point. We've seen real murder miracles. Uh, I, I mean, like... I, I mean, alright, if you want to worship the crocodile god for real, I guess I don't... Like, I don't see why not. I mean, he... We really don't know what the crocodile god wants from you? Well, he wants jewelry and entrails, right? That's kind of what we're hoping. But as far as, like... I mean, how should you live with reverence towards the crocodile? I'm sure he'll give us a sign. All right, look, I don't care. We're doing my plan. Everyone get your money. We're going to put in a big bonfire, and then we're going to burn some chicken guts. Everybody disperses, presumably to do what you asked. Hey, Mason, I think we drank a lot of that rum. Do you think that's going to be a problem? I have no flippin' idea. We're just trying to replace the value of the necklace, right? Why don't we throw the necklace in with the rest of it? I mean, why not? Massey, can we get the key to the captain's quarters? Sure, just try to be respectful. Respectful is my middle name. My parents were very optimistic, and I have done a lot of things that they would not approve of and really let them down, but that middle name thing is true. He gives you the key. The captain's hut is built on a hill, so he sees the rest of La Barocca. When you get inside, you find it's nice, but practical. He's got some fruits hanging up in a net, a few books, an inkwell, and that type of thing. Let me guess. He owns the entire Discworld series. Ah, sweet. I call dibs. All right, search around for the necklace. You find it inside his desk. Well, this is what we came for. Can we possibly leave while being respectful? Knock over an inkwell. Clean up that mess, Captain Bell. You're dead. We'll tell Massey that was an accident. All right, and I'm accidentally taking his entire book collection. No, we have to sacrifice that to the crocodile god. What? No, but these are, like, in paperback worth $7 each. If you account for inflation and the fact that America hasn't been invented yet... That's either a lot of money, or it's worthless because that currency doesn't exist. Let the books go, Elvis. We've got to give them to the crocodile. Fine. Then how do we sacrifice books at all? I mean, I guess we burn them, and everything else, that's how it works with the entrails. Maybe worship is more abstract than that. I mean, that wouldn't make sense for a god of knowledge. You wouldn't burn books to appease a god of knowledge. If burning them sends the spirit of the books to the holy spiritual library, you certainly would. The God of Knowledge probably already has copies of most commercial print books. I mean, not if everybody assumes that, because then they never sacrifice the books. And besides, he probably doesn't mind extras, it's not gonna hurt. Can the Crocodile God even read? I don't know! I originally thought it was gonna be a really dumb crocodile! I don't see how we're gonna burn the jewelry. It's just symbolic, I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, maybe we could symbolically burn the books. Like with an alternate version of Burn, like we'll all get together and we'll just give really scathing reviews of each of them. Fine! Fine, just badmouth the books and then burn them. As much as it takes to get the crocodile to stop killing us. Man. All right, so what do you guys do? I don't actually have anything bad to say about the books. 
Except I have a theory the original author didn't write Rising Steam. It feels like it devolved into cameos. I guess gather up a bunch of valuables and wait for three days. Maybe we should try building a shrine so the crocodile god knows it's for him. Yeah, sure. Okay. We build a shrine. It's gonna be like a couple of stones stacked on top of each other. Does anyone in the crew know how to make statuettes? Nobody does, but Sherman says he's willing to give it a try. Alright, great. Go at it. I try to read all the books before we destroy them. By the end of the three days, the statuette does not look amazing. But he's kinda got a crocodile. That or a little piece of poop with a face on it. Let's hope it's the thought that counts. Okay, set up a big bonfire and have everyone place their stuff in the pile. Once it's ready, light it. Okay, the pirates throw all their stuff on top of the firewood one by one, looking dejected and forlorn about the whole thing. Goodbye, books. Uh, I guess as a burning criticism, you are too long for me to read all of you in three days. Next time, be shorter, like pamphlets or comic books. Toss the necklace on. Watch it burn. Should we say a few words? These were some good books. The ones that I read, anyway, and some awfully pretty jewelry. It highlighted everyone's masculinity and informed the women that we were all virile and ready to start families. Missy snorts. I meant should we pray to the crocodile god, not should we have a wake for Elvis's books from the future. Oh, yeah, uh... Oh, holy crocodile! All this stuff is yours now! We give to you, or back to you, or whatever, because you're great, and you're awesome, and it'd be even more awesome if you'd stop killing us. If another one of us dies, I'm, I'm just gonna say we might stop, like, worshipping. Obviously, we can't stop believing because you're killing us, and it's it's pretty hard to disbelieve in something like that. But, you know, we're pirates, and we don't really worship stuff unless we think we're going to get something out of it. So this this is as good as it gets. Bradford appears behind you. G Bradford! Actually, most of us are Christian, so you know. All right, a lot of us are Christian, and we're sort of sticking our necks out worshiping you. Our usual god gets really mad about that. So that this is a really big deal, okay? You know, you could at least... Stop with the killings for us. Uh, I, I think that's worth our mortal souls. Amen. A few of the pirates murmur in agreement. Amen, amen. You know what? Maybe we should have prayed to God to stop the crocodile. Uh, this could be a dueling God situation. I don't think you can hedge your bets like that. It's gotta be all one or the other, otherwise they're both mad. Okay, well if this doesn't work, maybe let's go back to praying to God. We already burned all our stuff on the crocodile, that's like a cardinal sin. Well, God... I think some people would argue he doesn't go in for, like, a physical sacrifice. He looks for a life sacrifice. So what, you want to open up a monastery here on La Barocca? Sure. If the crocodile can't enter a church, then we make ourselves a church, and then we save ourselves. I'm pretty sure the Christian angle works mainly after death, but at the rate this is going, that's still a good idea. Well, I guess there's nothing left to do but check on Alfonso. I guess it'd be good if he's still alive. I mean, come on. It's not going to be this easy. You go down to the brig, and sure enough, it isn't. There lies Alfonso's mangled corpse, killed by the mighty crocodile. Well, I'll be honest, I really liked how mean he was. I hope you're talking back to the demons, buddy. And may you not really enjoy a minute of it. Man. Uh, okay, you know what? Let's try honoring the kill. Let's toss Alfonso in the bonfire, make it an homage to the crocodile. Are you sure the others are going to go for that? Look, Lowry, I'm grasping at straws. Help me grasp them, and help me drag him. You guys grab Alfonso and drag him to your bonfire, which is starting to smolder out. All right, throw him on there. The fire goes out. Dang it! Why do you ruin everything you touch, Alfonso? You can't let me have anything good! Bradford appears behind you. 
Oh my god, Bradford, stop it! Stop it! Sorry, I don't mean to be a bother, but it looks like our prayer didn't work. We don't know that yet. Light this thing back up, we'll say one more prayer, everything is fine. If you say so, Bradford relights the fire. Rub-a-dub-dub, this is Alfonso. You could eat your kills, but you don't. Yay, God. So should we pray to the good Christian God again, or are we holding out hope that the crocodile will respect us? It would be nice if any higher power at all would respond to anything. Not to drone on about it, but it really is more of an afterlife thing. But I want to live! Yes, but theologically, I believe it's considered more of our own domain and responsibility. I'm just saying, if we're going to be killed by a crocodile, we may as well have the hereafter sorted. Bradford, you're a pirate. You've killed people. You might be better off with the crocodile. According to the Bible, it wouldn't make much of a difference between worshipping a crocodile and the devil himself. But for your information, I'll apologize for the stealing and the murders. It probably doesn't work that way, though. Like, you can't just call base at last minute. You have to be genuinely remorseful. All right, all right. Listen to yourselves. You're all giving up and talking about the end, like you're going to die. Well, it's not the end. We're still going to figure this out and have a chance to be remorseful or whatever later. There is a way out of this. Mason, not to put too fine of a point on this, but if you really are the last one to hold the necklace, then there is a way out of this. No. No, there's a way out where I don't have to give myself to the crocodile. That may be. But if you let us have fluffins, when the next killing happens, it might be you, and then that would be the end of it. Sherman pokes in. Wait, are you saying that if Mason dies, the rest of us are safe? All right, no. No, we don't know that. We think that maybe both Elvis and Lowry touched it too. So if we kill you, Elvis, and Lowry, we might all live. It's possible. It's also possible the necklace would find a new victim. We know nothing about it, and our only lead is a complete jerk who was withholding information and is now dead. So what are you going to do about it, Mason? I'm fine with losing that Alfonso bloke, though I would have kind of liked to see the ransom after all this. But who's next if not you? Yeah, well, the captain died not listening to me, which illustrates the failing of letting yourself to die to protect the crew and leaving their well-being to me. Obviously, what the captain needed to do was sacrifice me and save himself. Then we'd have better leadership. However, my grasp of this principle makes me the better leader, and so we're all lucky to have me. Several of the pirates have to take a moment to process that, and then they all politely golf clap. But Sherman says, The difference between you and the captain is that if the captain were the last in line to die, his sacrifice would have meant something. That was not what I was saying, and I see where this is going, but I want everyone to be assured Alfonso was almost definitely the last murder. And now that we've offered him to the crocodile, everything's going to be fine. Besides, the necklace is gone. It's been sacrificed. Nobody else needs to die. On that note, everyone stands around the fire until Alfonso is mostly burned. It wasn't exactly a cremation, but you don't know what the spiritual difference is. A lot of the jewelry is charred, but still perfectly salvageable. And sifting through it a little bit, you find an immaculate emerald necklace. Ah, oh, dang it. Surreptitiously pocket the necklace. Oh, wow. I can't find the necklace. The crocodile must have taken it. Lies, shouts Sherman. Mason's hiding the thing to throw us off suspicion. I guess that's feasible and certainly something Mason would do. Go ahead and pat him down. Sherman pats Mason down, finding nothing. All right. He's clean, but in three days come another killing. I'll know you bamboozled us. It'll be more like a deception. A bamboozle sounds fun, but this'll be sad because of dead friends. It'll be a lie, is what it is. Sherman storms off. All right, grab Elvis and Lowry and hurry away from earshot. Lowry, why'd you grab the necklace? Now you're definitely gonna die too. I might have already been cursed anyway, 
And as soon as this turns into the crew killing each other to save us from the killings, it's going to get a whole lot uglier a whole lot faster. I bought us some time. So what now? We got Fluffins and we're safe for now. Should we steal the sloop? We might make it if we try, but undocking the boat and driving it out of the bay should be really difficult with just three people. And if we screw it up, they'll kill us for sure. Here, give me the necklace. Hand Elvis the necklace. What? No, why? Because now we're all in it for sure. Whatever we do, we're going to do it together. Same stakes, no sellouts, no winners if the others lose. Aw, come here, bud. Give Elvis a big hug. I kind of wish we'd thought of something like that before we lied about having the necklace. Maybe we could have gotten more of the crew in on this. Bradford appears behind you. I'll take you up on it. He takes the necklace from Elvis and puts it on, then joins you guys in your hug. Oh, hello, Bradford. We were all standing in a triangle having a conversation. How'd you sneak up on us? It's a gift, really, but you're absolutely right. The minute Sherman smells blood in the water, he'll rally the remaining crew and take over. What do you think we should do, Bradford? I'm really not sure, but things are getting desperate, so if you're going to steal the sloop, I'll help you. Okay, then here's what we're going to do. We're going to tell the others that we're going to leave the island. I mean, we need to, after all, so we'll get the boat ready to depart, and if we have another death on the third day, we'll make a run for it during the commotion. That sounds like as good a plan as any. But let's also have everyone stay around Fluffins next time. So if there's another killing, nobody's going to know about it right away. Fair enough. I guess we're the only ones who know it'll go after family members and friends not on the island. If we can keep that up long enough, maybe we can get all the way to port. Okay, good. Then let's get to work on the boat and complain about it the entire time so nobody gets wise to us. You guys get set about preparing the boat to leave. It takes most of the next three days, and you whine incessantly about your jobs like usual to throw off suspicion. There's a definite unease among the crew. Nobody wants to die on the island, but once they're on the boat, they'll be even more trapped. Finally, the third day arrives. Okay, gather everyone together at the Missy Prestige for the final day. Listen up, everybody. We think we've appeased the crocodile, but just to be sure, we need everyone to be within eyeshot so we know you're okay. So we're all going to spend the entirety of today in the bar. Grab some cards, whatever books you have left, and any alcohol you can find. Tomorrow we set off for port. The other pirates grumble, but they stumble off to cooperate. Dominic, one of the youngest members of the group, approaches. Uh, Mr. Mason, what about bathroom breaks and stuff? Oh, uh, hang on to your empty bottles, everyone. That's for pee and stuff. Missy speaks up. That is not gonna work for me. Just crouch behind the bar. Nobody look. If any one of you look, it's 40 lashes. Or whatever. I'm just gonna lash until my arms get tired, you get it? We'll throw up some bed sheets and make a privacy curtain for you, Missy. God, this is gonna suck. Well, buckle in, because it's gonna suck all day. And tomorrow it's gonna suck on a boat. All right, anything else? Nope, just wait for the inevitable. Well, soon enough, the inevitable occurs. Someone wanders off. You're doing a head count, and you realize that Dominic is gone. Ugh, man. What is it with kids today and having to learn firsthand about the dangers of magical crocodiles? Was it something we did? Are we not teaching them? All right, go out and look for Dominic. After a bit of searching in the bushes, you find him broken in half like the others. And on a bit of inspection, you realize that he was actually a her. Apparently, Dominic has secretly been a woman this entire time. Oh no, Dominic. Why didn't you tell us? Even though we basically never talked to you. I guess that explains why she was worried about the bathroom privacy. Sherman butts in. Look at this. This happened because you were too scared to make a sacrifice, Mason. No, it happened because I was overly optimistic and did nothing but wait for this to happen. Don't try to argue specifics with me. Dominic not only died, but the crocodile turned him into a girl. All right. Yeah. You're a little dumb, Sherman. 
No, guys, he might be onto something. For all we know... Elvis, you're also a little dove. I'm not gonna let you run from your responsibilities this time. Sherman fishes for a gun. Shove him on the ground. Run! To the boat! Away we go. You guys run to the boat. You split up and unmoor the sloop, and you do your best to navigate out of the bay. Bradford comes out from behind you and helps out. As you pull away, the other pirates start running out to the dock. Sorry, everybody. Sherman was gonna kill us. It's his fault. Our original plan involved leaving together. Gosh, dang it. But it's just gonna keep killing us. It's okay. We've got fluffins. It's easier for fewer of us to stay by him. But that's not a solution. I can't be around you guys the rest of my life. I gotta get away from you sometime. There has to be a way. Alfonso didn't know it. We couldn't figure it out, but there has to be a way. Mason, we might just have to accept that this is life from now on. Always tied down to this fluffy, adorable cat thing. No. No, you know what? Give me that. All right, here you go. I put the necklace on Fluffins. You know what, Mr. Crocodile God? I tried to give this back to you, but it's not even about that now. You can't kill someone near Fluffins. Well, guess what? Now Fluffins has the necklace. What now? You had your chance to take it back, but now you'll never get it. Storm clouds gather on the horizon. Bradford turns to you. Oh, in regards to whether few people can pilot a ship, managing a storm is out of the question. Well, there's no way back. Yeah, the others will kill us. And for good reason, too. We deserve it. In the water, you see what at first looks like a rock formation moving directly towards the ship. But it rapidly becomes clear it's a giant crocodile. It opens its jaws and continues on. You're on a collision course. Is it big enough to eat the whole ship? No, but it will do damage. You're not sure if it can even see you. The crocodile comes to a stop at the mouth of the bay and waits for you to come to it. Lean over the side of the ship with fluffins. What, you want it now? Now you care? Well, here, take it, because I don't care. Toss fluffins into the crocodile's mouth. Oh, oh, but that, uh, okay. Fluffins, wrapped up in the cursed necklace, sails into the crocodile's mouth. The crocodile snaps his maw closed and then holds steady, looking somewhat confused. It appears to be doing a little bit of complex reptilian calculus in its head, then it gradually sinks beneath the water allowing you to pass. The storm clouds recede. What? The boat sails out of the bay without harm. We tried to give it to you, you jerk! You jerk crocodile! Your species has a bad reputation for a reason! That's enough, Mason. Let's not antagonize the god any further. Should we go back for the other guys, or...? No. No, uh, we, we burned that bridge. Away you sail. Back to port and back to safety, not much richer than you began, but alive. And selling the sloop puts you on a fresh start. Well, that was fun. No, I need an explanation. How are we supposed to guess that that was the answer? Well, that's the trick. There was no answer. The detail that you couldn't have known was that Fluffins was a supernatural thief who stole that necklace in the first place. He could hide himself in the general space around him from the crocodile, but the crocodile still had kind of a vague omniscience about the entire thing, and was furious about anyone providing Fluffins with a home. He viewed anyone as touching the necklace as being sacrilegious, so the crocodile just kills you and your family members, but can't find Fluffins. My take on it was that the killings would end whenever everyone who touched the necklace was dead. I wasn't sure before the game who all was going to touch the necklace, You might have let Alfonso keep it even, as unlikely as that was, so you could have solved it the way that Sherman wanted to if you were lucky, or by sacrificing yourselves if you weren't, or by living with the curse forever. I actually didn't think about how you might upset the crocodile enough to make it break its own rules, but putting the necklace on Fluffins as an act of defiance seemed appropriate, so it came for you early. But then you threw the thief into the crocodile's mouth, along with the necklace, and the crocodile had finally captured an enemy that it couldn't see. So it was happy, and it forgave you, and that seems right to me. 
so you ran the entire game with no clear objectives, and the most logical outcome was that we die. I believe you're describing real life, Lowry. Don't I know it. Well, I hope you guys liked that one. The next game is going to be about wizard school. It's called Everybody's Neville. I want you to come up with some spells and build an annoying little kid that tattles on everyone. I'm going to come up with some dumb tests and trials, and you'll do your best to stop the other kids from having an adventure. So I really hope you guys enjoyed that game. If you did, there's more stuff that I've done in the past. You can find links to a lot of it on donsomewhere.com. And that's donsomewhere.com. You can also find us on Patreon under Don Somewhere. I really appreciate the support. It helps me keep things together so I can keep making this kind of content. If you'd like to help out, I would really appreciate it. Otherwise, just stay tuned. I've got new stuff coming out every week. On Patreon, I try to release a new episode a week in advance. So you can look forward to that. You guys have a fantastic week, and I will catch you all next time.